Podcast world, what's up? Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of The Foul Life. Thank you all so much for joining us back here right now for the Essentials of Duck Hunting series. You've heard from Outfitters. You've heard from Benelli. You've heard from Federal. You've heard about knives. You've heard about processing, cooking, everything that goes into this lifestyle, the American, the Canadian, the world duck hunter, the waterfowl hunter, the wing shooter, and how to bring it full circle with scouting and optics and, you know, just putting together all of those different pieces of that hunt to have the best experience that you possibly can. And like we said, that does doesn't necessarily mean that it's about the kill or that trigger pull every time. There's a lot that goes into strategizing to become consistently successful in the field. No matter what you do in life, I think that that could go for that as well. So duck hunting, that's what we're talking about. You've heard from Brad Arrington at Mossy Pond Retrievers. You've heard from Andrew, our buddy up in Minnesota at Wild Acre Kennels. We've touched on the nutrition and the diet of dogs, our sporting dogs, our duck dogs, man's best friend, how to get the most out of them during the hunt as a conservation tool, but also making sure that they're always on the ready and that they're always healthy so they have a long hunting career and a long career as your best friend riding in that front seat of that truck soaking up the rays and soaking up the memories and today we are joined by one of the top dog food gurus at Yukonuba. i met this man last year and his knowledge is very intensive if you will and i don't know if we're going to be able to touch tap into all of it but russell kelly thank you very much for being here my man it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Heck yeah, buddy. What is the exact title you have on your business card or on your name tag when you go into the Yukonuba plant? So I'm the uh, program manager for service working and sporting dogs for the Discover Pro Group. And the Discover Pro Group is a... So that's our, our, that's our upstream technology development section. And we have two... Within that section, we have the, the veterinary pillar, and then we have the pro pillar. Um and I work while I work with uh, lots of the colleagues on the vet pillar. Uh, we primarily focus on the improving, bringing technologies to the professional world. And really, I'm going to say in terms of that, that's really focused on the dogs that are are pushing the extreme with re, with regards to their area, whether that be uh, uh, the retrievers in the sporting world, along with the with the pointing dogs, uh, or you know, some of the dock diving dogs are on the opposite side of that, working with with the uh, law enforcement group search and rescue on the working side, as well as the the guide dogs and service dogs in that segment, uh, service segment. Uh, so these are these are dogs that we look at as being uh, heroes, regardless of of which sector they're in, and they're really pushing the pushing the envelope of of performing their task. So, in a nutshell, if we're talking about a duck dog compared to the performance dog and the hero dogs um i think that there's a lot of content available at the push of a button now on national tv to be able to see these hero dogs in action you know you have a lot of these live police shows you have a show dedicated to these dogs now on a and e to where they actually go through the courses um and they're doing you know they're they're finding drugs they're they're protecting their mate they're running down criminals they are in harm's way they're in military they're bomb they're sniffing for bombs they're doing a ton of stuff that they're putting their line on the line every day so when you take that into a duck dog's world that's not necessarily putting that his life on, or her life on the line every day russell but they are doing you know, they are high intensity for long periods of time and they are right. asked to perform a lot. So when you break it down, the food that you're going to feed those dogs that are on those missions and that they're protecting our law enforcement, our blue line, our military, for sure, if we're feeding that same style food and that same nutritional value food to a duck dog, we're on the right track. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And, and I, I think in terms of, of that, Chad, when we when we look at these these dogs and I and I, I use the, the term uh, in the in the most complimentary manner of hero, um, you know we 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 hear that word and we a lot of times go to the you know, I'm going to say the military dogs or the law enforcement dogs search and rescue, but when we when we step back and we think about what they mean to their to their owner, you know whether it's a someone who's who's got their buddy that they're hunting with, uh, you know day in day out, that dog means a lot to that person and. Uh, and their performance is a. Uh, I'm going to say it's it's very important. It's a reflection upon their work as well as the ability of their dog, and uh, it means a lot. So in in terms of that, w- when we use that hero, it really comes back to uh, how what's the bond between 
the the dog and their partner. Um, and then in terms of the the nutrition, you know, certainly when we when we talk about dogs of these various classes uh, or segments, uh, you know, certainly each of those need benefits that may be related, but but certainly more emphasis may be placed in one area over another, depending upon the, the type of dog that we're talking about. And when we start talking about uh, the retrievers, the uh, dogs involved in, in the, in the duck hunting, you know, they have to be extremely, just like the working dogs, they have to have extremely strong core uh, physical fitness. They have to have good endurance. They have to have, uh, you know, I'm going to say in terms of one of the areas that maybe doesn't get as much attention as it should, uh, the skin health for these dogs is extremely important. Uh, you know, in terms of we think about, you know, a dog uh, re making retrieves and and kind of icy, icy slushy water or or just cool water in the winter time. Uh, you know, the ability of that dog's skin to shed water and to and retain its uh, body heat is very, very important. Um, you know, and, and in terms of nutritional demand, uh, certainly the skin is one of the top uh, physiological systems in terms of utilizing nutrients, both from a, a, a amino acids uh, standpoint. So the, the protein quality comes into to play there with the dictating what type of amino acid profile uh, the dog is has available to, to continue to, to repair its skin, uh, grow its hair. Uh, certainly the, the lipid types or the fat types that are used in a diet comes into play. The skin is a, an extremely concentrated pool of, of essential fatty acids, uh, which are, I'm going to say, a, a, a class of, of lipids that we have to obtain from the diet. We can't make, the dog can't make those in its body. We have to, they have to consume those um, as well as like all of the other nutrients that are associated with the metabolic uh, processes. Um, I think another area that, that comes to, you know, jumps out at you when you, th when you think about what these dogs are doing is really nutrients that are associated with GI health. Uh, you know, we're taking, we're taking our dog all over the, all over the country. We may be, you know, in Louisiana one, one weekend, we may be in Arkansas the next, we may be uh, hunting somewhere in the upper, upper Midwest uh, following that. So we're, we're dragging our dogs around to a lot of different areas. And each time they do that, we, we, uh, you know, we, they, they explore the world with their mouth. So they're always taking in new, new items into their, into their systems. Uh, and the, and the GI health is a, is an important part of, of their immune system of, of combating what all they're exposed to. Um, you know, if you, take into take into consideration some of the some of the places we we go with our dogs uh you know the water quality um you know is unknown to unless we're you know if we're going into a new area we may not know exactly what the water quality is uh, we put the dogs you know some of the coastal areas we're enjoying the the salt marshes um so with that brackish water they're gonna you know there's no way for them to do a water retrieve without <laughs> taking in some, some, some of the water that they're swimming in and retrieving in. And, you know, with that, that the, the brackish water can be uh, a little bit harsh on their, their GI tracks. And we need to provide the, the nutrients they, they need to try to manage the, or minimize the amount of inflammation that's taking place in the, in the gut and, uh, you know, really stabilize, maintain a stable system. So they're not, you know, when they get home, they're ready to eat, rest, and get ready for tomorrow. I love all of that. And I think that you you just explained so many different parts of the biological makeup of, of a, a system of whether it was digestive, metabolism, skin health, joint health, um, uh, nutritional value when it comes to rest and maintaining a certain level of rest with sleep and in a, in a, a well-organized rest pattern. Um, you're talking about a GI track of making sure that, that they're clean and that they're, that they're be able to pass a lot of the things that are going into their stomach, whether they lay down and you don't watch them and they eat something real quick, they smell a dead rabbit and they might eat a dead rabbit that, or at 
least lick on it that's been dead a week. They might eat a big thing of grass to where they got to cough that up. Or um, So all in all, if you compare that to what we do on a daily basis as a duck hunter, and we might pull into a Casey's and shove a breakfast pizza down our throat real quick, right? right. right. We're not taking into consideration anything that you just said, any of the amino acids, any of the ability like, oh, well, you know, I'll probably pass this no problem. Nah, my skin's a little itchy, but I'll just get some lotion and rub it on that. That has nothing to do with my diet. You're saying in a nutshell that everything that you just talked about, about that, that well-maintained dog and, and the longevity of a dog's life and the comfort level and, and how he get, performs and is ready to perform the next time from location to location. And I know that, you know, I know you're a hunter. I know that you've given examples in some of the speaking I've seen you do that you do hunt. Is that safe to say? It is. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. So all of this taken into consideration of what you just said, that research has been done for years and the and it's backed up by scientific research and all of the stuff that you were explaining has been put into this bag of dog food to cover everything that you just said. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And it's, and, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and, and, uh, you know, just, just, you know, point out that, you know, we invest a lot of money, uh, to try to, under to have the best understanding we can of every type of dog that we can. Um, but there, you know, there's other, there's other companies that are also making investments into, into understanding. And, you know, I, I read, I read literature from other people from, you know, research done in other companies. I'm sure that they read research that we do. And, but, you know, we're, I'm going to say those who are, who are really interested in making a difference in these dogs health, um, you know, we look at, we, we look at, at combining all the, the knowledge that we have and, and trying to determine what is the best nutritional platform that we could put together. And I would say, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm proudest of, of our company is we don't get, you know, we don't get hung up in a lot of the marketing campaigns about, um, you know, we're really, we're really a lot more concerned about what is in our food rather than what's not you know, what's not in our food, um, you know, in terms of that, we want to look at it. What does, what is the nutritional requirement of this dog performing these types of, of work and, and then provide those nutrients where that dog day in, day out can give you his genetic best in terms of his physiological best. They're amazing. They are amazing species of, of animals in terms of what they can do uh, and from a physical standpoint, we, you know, we, we sit back and, and think about, you know, when we say a great athlete, a lot of us will, you know, sort of go to our, our a favorite football player or basketball player or our baseball player. You know, when you, when somebody says, you know, who's the best athlete you ever see, I, t I tell you, they usually all have four legs and, and covered with fur because they are, they are an absolute amazing species with, the amount of energy that they can, they can utilize their endurance. Um, you know, it's, it's just absolutely amazing in terms of their drive, you know, very few, very few humans can ever match the intensity that, that comes with a great dog. <laughs> it's a great point. And I've always, I've had several conversations with, with like bull riders. And I've always said, you know, the athleticism of a Brahma bull that can be 1800 pounds and jump that high and spin that fast for eight seconds, you know, these dogs will, I've seen dogs do 300 yard blinds and then come back and do a 75 yard swim and then be back and wagging that tail and looking right, at you like, is that all you got kind of attitude, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start yeah. here. Let's start here. <clears throat> I want to go through a couple things of what I've experienced in the last 18 months of being around team Yukonuba and what I've witnessed and, and what I've heard and to me, it's truly amazing to see an eight-year-old dog get that fire back in her eyes. Like we're talking about, I'm talking specifically about Ellie Mae down in California. Uh, blotches in her skin, bad rashes around her elbows, and 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 video proof that I have now of her teeth, her gums, her skin, her hair, everything that her owner Brad was worried about was fixed with diet. So I want to start here as far as like when you and I wake up in the morning and might have a headache we might be a little tired um we might have a little touch of the cold we might be moody 
mood has a big part in performance, in my opinion. The way that you start your day when you plant your feet on the ground out of bed as a human being has a big part of what's going to happen for the rest of that 15 hours coming until you lay your head down again. With animals, again, they can be moody. Is this correct of the what I've seen in the dog's personality is I've seen some dogs that are kind of low-key and they don't get real fired up, but they still perform when they're asked to. But I've seen other dogs that just don't get too fired up in the morning and they just, and it seems to me like they're up and down a little bit. So with Eukanuba, and I'm asking this and specifically with diet is, I've seen a huge difference in the way they react to the morning meeting, the way they look at the food, the way that they can't wait to attack the food. And I think that that has a big part of the way that we get our day started together. Is that safe to say that mood can be part of a dog's life? Do they go through different moods? And does diet and nutrition affect that at all? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think any, you know, any intelligent species. I, 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 I'm going to say I don't work in terms of mood assessment, um, but I think any intelligent species is going to have, you know, days where they feel, a, a, you know, more, more into the, into the tasks than others. Um, now with that said, uh, dogs are certainly a lot more consistent than we are <laughs> in terms of, <laughs> of their approach. Um, they don't have as many off days, but, but we do have to take into consideration that, uh, you know, a, a day, uh, you know, if we, we take our dogs out for a pretty intense uh, conditioning session uh, the following day, um, you know, they could, they could be a little sore uh, just like, you know, just like we would if we went down to the, to the gym and, and uh, the day after we we got home or the, we got up, we're gonna we're gonna have some some stiffness and some soreness, and uh, certainly dogs ex- experience that same that same approach. And we can help from a nutritional standpoint. We can help try to manage that, not necessarily eliminate it, but help manage it by uh, including um, you know some select fatty acids that are are involved in the anti-inflammatory or in, in to sort of uh, manage how much inflammation that goes on in the dog's muscles or uh, its joints. Uh, in terms of that, we can add, you know, I'm going to say con, uh, joint protective compounds to sort of help resupply the, the, the uh, lubricating fluids that are associated with joint movement. Uh, all of those are going to come into play and and certainly the the better a dog feels uh the the more intense they're going to attack the the task so with your experience with the food the actual diet part of eukanuba and that that task of eating have you seen in your experience and i know that you could have a little bit of a bias in here with your employer but personally you're a hunter you're an outdoorsman you're a conservationist. Dogs are a conservation tool when they're in the hunt. Have you seen a big difference with the mood uh, yeah. and the way that they eat this food? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, the 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 one thing that uh, you always feel good about is you know when you put the you put the bowl down for the for the dog. Um, you know, I I really like using a food that that is a you know I can deliver a lot of energy, a lot of nutrients in a in a small small meal package. Um, but, to to really see the eagerness that the, the dog is, is going to consume the diet. You know, I don't, uh, you know, I want them to be, you know, when it comes meal time, I really, I, I really like to go see them run to their, you know, run to their crates waiting on the, you know, tails wagon, waiting on the bowl to get there. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not having to wait around, you know, 35 minutes to, for them to finish their, their meal, to, to, uh, wash their bowl and, and put it away for the, for the next time, you know, a, a, a good aggressive intake, uh, tells me that they're they're They like the food. I don't have to worry about, you know, did they eat enough to, to get ready to go do what we're going to do. And, so, uh, and, and that's really, I, I think in terms of that, it's really important when we, when we start talking about taking our dogs out on the road, um, especially young dogs that may not be used to, to driving up and down the, the interstate, um, you know, travel, travel can, uh, can induce, uh, you know, some, some stress in the dog if they're, when they're not used to it. 
And, uh, you know, one of the first things that we, we see a lot of times is, is, uh, you know, decrease in intake. And, um, you know, with that, if, if I think, you know, providing a, a meal that they, they enjoy eating, uh, goes a long way in keeping them steady. And is with that, that, with that's, yeah, it's exactly what I'm looking for. And with the intake, what are we feeding our dogs with the, the super, you know, the, the high performance Eukanuba, right? What are we actually feeding our dog? If it was a plate of human food and we sat down, can you explain what are we looking at? Are we looking at a bunch of really good lean chicken meat that we're going to put into our bodies? It's high in protein, low in carbohydrates, the right amount of fat. Are we looking at a, a, a carbohydrate that's more along the lines of an asparagus and a broccoli and a complex carb that's not a sugar carb that's going to break down and turn into fat? And when you and talk about that, what it would look like on a human plate, you don't have to get real specific on the human plate, right. but what are we looking like is because we are training high powered athletes. You've already said right. that. So I'm assuming yeah. that that meal is meant with a high protein intake with low, you know, the right balanced fat with low starches or tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, You know, in terms of, I think probably the best way for us to, to, to think about, um, you know, what we to to humanize the uh, the uh, proper approach to feeding a dog we have to think about maybe what we would we might do at like a you know a big family christmas dinner thanksgiving dinner um where we're not going to just provide one type of food dump it on the dump it on your plate and say okay here's your here's your ham uh go eat it uh you know in terms of that we've got a a, a really select combination of, uh, you know, pro high quality, highly digestible proteins that could be, you know, in our case, we use a, you know, primarily, uh, uh, poultry products, chicken, uh, chicken based, uh, and that could, you know, also include, uh, some, you know, some, uh, egg like eggs, which are, are a super, super high quality protein, um, but there, you know, in, in terms of that, there's no, you know, when people read an ingredient deck and you say, okay, oh, so this has got, uh, this has got chicken, it's got rice, it's got, uh, you know, it's got, uh, corn, it's got, uh, um, perhaps fish meal or dehydrated egg, you know, all of those, we think about that and we want to divide that up. That's our, that those are our protein sources. This is our, our starch sources. But in terms of that, that's really not accurate because, uh, you know, whether we look at, if we look at, at, at chicken, uh, certainly it is bringing in uh, a large portion of the amino acids, but it also has a, 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 a usable amount of essential fatty acids or lipids to that. It also has minerals that come with that, that, that the body needs. Uh, if we look at like rice, rice has a protein fraction uh, to it. It's uh, it it you know in terms of it's a, certainly a different amino acid profile than does the the chicken. Uh, corn has has protein. It also has lipids. Uh, it also has starches. It has minerals. It has vitamins. And and basically in terms of what we try to do is we try to basically look and see. What is the nutrient profile that we need for this dog? How much of this amino acids and that amino acid, uh, the, the, uh, the accumulation of those amino acids collectively will dictate what the protein uh, percent or protein fraction of the diet is. How, what are the fatty acids that we want to provide? And that will collectively turn into the lipid content. How much minerals do we want? We want to look at the minerals that we're uh, providing in all, you know, every ingredient that we we utilize, vitamins the same way. And we, we ultimately want to, to provide a, 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 a diet that's really balanced for that type of dog. And it, we can't, you know, we can't just focus on, I, I think one of the, one of the things that particularly um, we're guilty of here in the in the U.S., but but probably more on a global basis, everyone is. Is we look at a we try to evaluate the the uh, quality of a food based on uh, protein and fat because it's been 
harped at us, you know, so much from a from a, a advertising standpoint that we want, you know, X percent protein and X percent fat. And what that does is it really de-emphasizes the importance of all nutrients. There's not any nutrient that's not required by the body. You know, we, we have essential and non-essential nutrients, but those are really just dictated by can the body sufficiently make uh, those, those nutrients on the non-essentials. Generally, the body uh, is more than capable of taking um, other, other nutrients and transforming them into that, that nutrient, uh, such as a, you know, a non-essential amino acid that may, it may be able to take uh, another amino acid and, and transform it to a, a different amino acid. Uh, but the essentials have to come in from the diet. The body can't sufficiently make those. So we have to provide all of those. But it doesn't mean that that there's a nutrient that's not required. All nutrients are required and important for the body to, to function in a healthy, healthy manner. And the uh, I'm going to say the uh, intensity that we ask our, the dogs to be active that all that does is really increase the importance of every nutrient. We can't we can't say that, you know, we've we've done a good job of providing protein, but we didn't, you know, we didn't provide very good fat. We didn't provide very good starches. That dog's still not going to perform at its best or be as healthy as it could be by providing a a really well designed combination of these nutrients. Uh, you know, when it comes to energy, dogs are you know. They are very, very dependent upon lipids for uh, energy and should be should be fed in that manner. Uh, but that's that's not to say that the starches, uh, the carbohydrates, are not an, also an important part. Um, you know, in terms of the the uh, particularly the re- the retrievers, um, you know, almost they're when they first first start out working, it's almost exclusively utilizing carbohydrates as their energy source. Um, and as that goes on, they they will they will transition. The longer we work them, the the um, you know I'm going to say as that that the duration of those deployments increase, um, they become more and more dependent upon fat for their for their energy sources. Uh, certainly, we don't want dogs you know utilizing a a, a lot of amino acids for their energy. Uh, we want those. We want those amino acids reserved to repair and grow tissue, structural tissues, uh, such as muscle. You know, in terms of every time we work a dog, they get they they experience some degree of muscle damage. Just like when we go to the gym and work out, um, that you know, right as soon as we stop, we have to start trying to repair uh, those tissues. And those are that's what the amino acids are really key for in terms of is is growing or, or growing and, and repairing tissues, um, not necessarily being in, involved in the energy pathway. They can be used for energy, but it's, it's usually very expensive uh, form of energy. And we're much better off coming up with a, with a really nice balance of uh, lipids and, and starches or, or carbohydrates and let that be the energy supply for the, for the dogs. So, They've got the, you know, they've got the energy to 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 deliver today. They can repair, rest. They got the energy to get to go tomorrow and the next day and the next day, um, you know, on and on in terms of that. And and we want to, we you know, I'm going to say, I think you know, one of the ways to look at it, we want to provide a food that that delivers, it matches their heart in terms of what what they've got to give. Um, you know, a dog will. A dog will do a lot to please please its partner, and uh, if that means uh, sacrificing its its body uh, to an extent, uh, it will. And when I when I talk there and, and sacrifice, I'm not not necessarily talking in the working dog world. But if you think about uh, you know taking a dog, you we've all you know we've seen dogs that were uh, you know I'm going to say not not well cared for. Uh, but they're still out there giving everything they got. They may not have, they may not have a fuel tank, a full tank, so they may not can uh, can can activate on turbocharge. Uh, but they will still give us everything they have, even if it means that they're you know sacrificing their health. Uh, and we you know we shouldn't we shouldn't take that 
as a as a acceptable manner. I mean, we really should look at trying to figure out what food best provides this dog a healthy platform to to continue to amaze us every day. Okay, along those lines, I I, w- I was going to go. I want I want you to start thinking along the lines of feeding cycle. Um, mm-hmm. Does it differ? yearly off season does it dearly does it differ on a hunt day does it sway timing um the importance of scheduling the feeds and how much to feed i want you to start thinking about those lines but i also want to talk about this um this this dog food we're getting unbelievable results with okay the 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 performance blend of yukonuba we all over the country i've seen it um benelli came out with a really cool shotgun 10 years ago called the super black Eagle two. I said, you can't make a better shotgun. Then they just came out with the super black Eagle three. And I'm like, you gotta be like, now you can never make a better shotgun than this. Right. Um, ammunition federal comes out with black cloud. You're like, you can't do better than this. And then the next year they introduce this and you're like, wow, patterns better. Does that go true in the dog food? When you get this food that you're putting in these dogs right now, are your scientists and your developers working vigorously to improve this food that's already at the top of its game and getting these results for dog. Is there something else that we can do to make it even better and healthier for these animals? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, in terms of, of, you know, I'm going to say in perspective, there are lots of nutrients that are, you know, still being identified uh, that we need to understand their roles. Um, And, and certainly, Certainly, I don't feel like that we've, you know, that we've got the best food that we're going to be able to to offer. I think, uh, you know, in terms of of what we learn uh, every day, you know, it's it's important for us to to uh, apply those learnings as to to what we've what we've discovered, incorporate those into our foods, and. Uh, yeah, and basically, you know, some some benefits the the owners may be able to see better uh, visually than and then some they're they're, they're going to have to perceive in terms of the dogs, you know, what's going on with the dog, um, you know, in terms of in terms of that, I think, you know, just to to your point in talking about some of the the benefits that people see, I you know, I I don't talk with the the people in the field every day, uh, but knowing you know knowing what we're delivering from from a food standpoint i i you know fully anticipate that that some of the comments you would hear would be man i just really like the way my the the shine of my dog's coat uh you know it used to be used to be kind of a dull coat especially you know nothing nothing shows up a a a pretty coat better than a black lab um you know it used to be kind of kind of dull and now you know it's just shiny coal coal black um yeah i would anticipate that you would you would get those comments i would anticipate that that people really like the the definition of the muscle tone of their dogs um uh you know in terms of of how that dog looks not you know not necessarily a a um you know we're talking that a dog too thin. We're talking about a dog that just really looks like he's hard, hard finished. He's, I mean, he's, he's just standing, uh, and he still looks like he's just really, his muscles are just in tone. Um, and then the, I think the, the other thing you, you mentioned early on in terms of the, of the, uh, uh oral health teeth and teeth and gums. Uh, you know, that's one of those, those things that for a, uh, you know, it's particularly for a retriever, um, you know, oral health is an important consideration of, of what can we do uh, to, to sort of help promote that healthy because a dog, you know, a dog with a bad tooth, it doesn't want to eat. Uh, and a lot of infl- inflammatory pathways can, can initiate in the, in the mouth. And uh, certainly uh, from a GI health standpoint, uh, you know, a dirty mouth has a, has a, you know, a lot of different potentially uh, back, well, potential bacteria that can cause problems. Not necessarily that it will, uh, but it can. And and when when a dog system gets compromised, either from hard work or uh, you know, let's just say feeling a a little bit uh, pulled down, uh, those things can can quickly result into you know a a, a few days of just poor 
poor GI performance. And when the, the GI system is not working correctly, the dog can't absorb the nutrients that it's eating. And it certainly makes it harder, uh, you know, for us to keep their, to keep their, their housing, uh, situation cleaner, you know, a dog with, with loose stools, uh, particularly, um, particularly if we're traveling, you know, there's nothing more aggravating than have to stop and, and pull a dog out of a, a box and, and go find a, a car wash to, to clean out that, uh, because he, 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 uh, just basically, you know, had a, a G, a, a GI upset, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty aggravating and it's not healthy for the dog. Uh, you know, in terms of that, we want, we want to minimize all of those situations. Um, but, you know, coming back in, in terms of what we, we were talking about, I think that, you know, I think, you know, that it's pretty easy to, to, to put a dog side by side. And, and, and it's unfortunate that we don't always do a good job of taking a photo. This is what my dog looked like. And this is now what my dog looks like. You know, in terms of that, most, most people don't see, you know, they don't look at their dog and say, oh man, my dog looks awful. You know, they look at it on a daily basis and, and they seem to be happy. Uh, you know, they certainly, if they weren't happy with the way their dog looked, you would think they, they would be taking steps to, to change that. We don't see that, you know, we don't hear those comments, but it's, we, we become used to, uh, you know, what we see on a daily basis is, is very easy for us to become adapted to that look. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear some of the comments, I'm going to say, particularly maybe from your buddies, not necessarily from you, but you know, what your dog looked like three months ago, you, you, uh, at the end of, or maybe at the end of last season, and now you're getting ready to go out for the next year and you, and you've made a, a, a switch over to a, a really nice food over the, over the off season period. And your buddy sees your dog and you say, he said, is that, you know, is that, is that Clint? Man, I can't believe that's the same dog that we, you know, I hunted with last, <laughs> last January, uh, because of the, you know, just the difference in the way they look and, you know, uh, good foods can, can make that transformation of a dog. I know. And that's, I think that that's like the coolest validation of the hard work that you guys put into this is when you have somebody say like, my friend literally told me, I was looking to retire this dog and get a new one. And I'm like, well, she's only seven. And he's like, well, I'm like, well, that's a little early in my opinion. And I've been told by, you know, top trainers that that's a little early goes on the Yukonuba diet and boom, the very next message, 90 to 120 days later, sending me videos. Look at this. Look at this eagerness. She's back, like, like ready to hunt and like best season of her life, you know, since she was a puppy. And I, I hear it time and time again. And, and I think that, you know, when you start thinking about what you just said of like, well, do we pay a lot of attention to the aesthetics because we are already like, oh, we got the best looking kid in the world. We got the best looking dog in the world. Nothing's going to make it better. But it's evident when you start seeing the the process when they when you change that diet. I've seen it in our dogs. And I know that guys like, you know, that are consistently training 20, 30, 40 dogs a day, and they're taking them out and seeing those results. It just speaks for itself. And you, you started this by saying there are other companies out there that have, you know, that are doing research and have good foods. And I'm just simply talking about this one blend of (laughs) that I've seen turn dogs into a, into a different animal and aesthetically and performance wise. So when you start thinking about that, the, the caloric intake and the amount of food and the consistency in the caloric intake, as far as levels go, what size cup are you? using how many cups are you given at what times a day is it the same exact time every morning or within five to ten minutes and then you're airing the dogs out and making sure that we're not having stool problems or the gi upset uh, accidents in the kennel when you're going down i-80 on your way to hunt the platte river and you got to pull over to a a rest stop Um, and then what about snacking during the hunt and then do you feed right after the hunt's over or do you wait until their evening feed yeah you know i think in terms of uh, i mean i will (laughs) I will tell you what works, what I found works best, um, you know, for the, I'm going to say the, the, the people I help and, and, um, you know, what I do with my own dogs. And, uh, you know, I try to, I try to feed a pretty light meal in the morning. Um, and you know, I, I can't say that I, I'm always able to do it depending on what time we, we're going to leave. 
but yeah, I certainly, I certainly try to, to, to get at least a, you know, an hour and prefer two uh, before we're going to put, put the dog on the ground. Uh, now that's not, you know, that's not always possible. And I'm going to say the shorter that period is probably the lighter I will go in terms of the morning meal. I try to, I try to deliver about a third of the, the energy. So if that, you know, if my dogs are eating, uh, you know, four, you know, four, four and a half cups of food a day. Uh, I try to, you know, make that a, a cup to a cup and a half in the, in the morning. And then, uh, I do like to, particularly if it's going to be a long day, I, I do like snack feeding, uh, dogs. I usually just do it with kibble. Uh, I don't use a, you know, right now I'm, I'm not currently using a, a special, uh, a special snack or anything like that, but, uh, you know, I do, I will carry a few kibbles around with me. If we're going to, you know, if I'm going to break for lunch, I may give, give the dogs a, a few kibbles. If we're going to, we're going to be out there all day. Um, and then the, the, uh, meal in the, in the evening. And in terms of when I do that, uh, you know, a lot of that really has to dictate is dictated by, uh, for the evening meal. Uh, you know, what's, what have we done with that dog? I don't like to feed a, a dog that's got, you know, I'm going to say it, it hasn't sort of recovered or returned to normal in terms of its body temp or, um, hydration status. Uh, you know, the, the water, uh, water is by far the, you know, I, I said earlier that all nutrients are important and, and they are, and water is one of those. And, it, and from a, a, a volume standpoint, water is the number one nutrient from a, a required volume standpoint by the dog. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's really important. I, I don't want to get off, off topic, but I had a, a uh, call not too long ago from a, a lady who was wanting to do some ultra marathoning with her dog. And she was asking about what to do with it. And, and I said, look, before you do anything else, figure out how you're going to hydrate this, hydrate the dog. Uh, because water is going to be the, the one variable that keeps the dog healthy. Um, you know, a dog that dehydrates can't properly, uh, can't properly dissipate its heat um, and, and can get in trouble really quick, especially in, in warm climate. So, uh, you know, with that, but if a, if a dog has really had a hard, you know, I'm going to say a pretty hard day and, it, and it's hot, I do like to, to let that dog rest a little bit uh, and, and make sure it's gotten, uh, plenty of water and then and then I will feed it if it's if it's been kind of a let's just say an average day uh, I do like to you know sort of put some food in food in its system just to help its sort of tissues recover one of the the things I mentioned earlier was about the use of of carbohydrates um, you know with that the glycogen is one of those carbohydrates that's stored in the liver and it's stored in the muscle tissue and that is is really mobilized really quick when the dog becomes physically active. There are some recovery products out there that that utilize like a maltodextrin uh, to help recover that um, glycogen. And certainly, it's a, that's a very effective um, to to uh, some degree. We can do that by uh, providing uh, some of the starches that we use in our in our food. Um, some of the the easily rapidly digested starches uh, can serve in that, that purpose as well. Um, so, you know, with that, there's not a, I'm going to say there's not a single approach that's right or wrong. Um, it's a, it's, it's really understanding what are you doing with your dog? But, but certainly if you've, if you have a dog that has been worked really hard, it's body temperature is still, still high. Uh, it's panning, that's not the time to try to feed it. Let the dog hydrate, recover, cool down, then feed. Um, and, and, but we certainly don't want to work a dog on a, you know, following a large meal. That's, you know, that's one of the, let's say the biggest, biggest health risk we can probably do is to, you know, let a dog, let a dog eat three or four cups of food and then let's take it out and work the heck out of it. We're, we're just asking for trouble in terms of that. And, and to be honest, we might, we probably have, wasted a lot of the nutrients that we just provided the dog because they're not going to do a good job of digesting or absorbing those those uh, nutrients um, 
And so we're going to, we're going to end up seeing, uh, you know, I'm going to say some not so nice stools coming out of that dog. And, and, you know, with that, the, we've lost the, the nutrients that they didn't absorb. And anytime we get those GI upsets, the dog just lost more water, uh, in terms of that. It wasn't necessary to, to lose. It, in in terms of that, did we cover what you yes, wanted or you I, want I, some clarification? No, I, I think it's great. And I think that the hydration part sparked up another topic. I was taking notes while you were talking was if a human being goes out and drinks alcohol, the first thing that they do is they keep drinking alcohol and they don't replace anything that needs to be put back into that hydration system. And that could be the cause of a hangover, a headache the next day, the, the cotton mouth, the dry lips, right. the crack lips, the chap lips, all of that has to do with hydration. So if you humanize the dog, all of that stuff is going on within a dog system as well. Gums, tongue, saliva amount, um, the panting, the tongue out of the mouth. Why is it that it, when, the other part that I want to say after the hangover comment was now you go out and you jog five miles and you have your camel back on, or as soon as you stop, you slam a Gatorade or a Gatorade G2 or water, right? right? Humans, humans get pretty good at knowing that I need water during this workout. You take a break during football practice, you got water. A lot of times I've seen it personally where my dog will do an unbelievably extreme training session. And then stand there and look at the water like, I don't need any water right now. So I get a lot of questions because I show a lot of my Yukonuba feeds um, and, and, the, and the tail wagon and all that. But I also show the hydration being mixed with the food. And I try to explain it as simply for hydration to make sure that I know my dog's going to attack the Yukonuba. So yeah. I want him to get that water in there at the same time. You yeah. touched on it, but why is it? that they will, I mean, how can they go forever without water? Cause he literally, I'll have to sit there and like almost, you know, put his nose in the water to get right. him to know, to, uh, to, to get him yeah, to drink. I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly it's not the case with every dog, but, but, um, you know, one of the common, one of the common characteristics of particularly of a high drive dog is, I mean, they just love what they're doing so much that it's like, they forget that, that they need to drink. Um, but in a, you know, in a sense, we have to, you know, we have to be their best friend and, you know, just like, you know, just like I'm going to use the example you were, uh, you know, you, you and your, your buddy are out drinking. Maybe your buddy's had, you know, more than he should, you know, you have to be a good friend and take the keys away and say, Hey, I got, I got it. You know, we'll, we'll pick the car up tomorrow and, uh, get him home safe. Same with, same with our, with our canine partners, um, you know, we see a, we see a dog that is, you know, panning hard, um, you know, sitting there, he's got that, you know, real thick saliva in his mouth, you know, the shoestrings hanging out the corners of his mouth. You know, we have to look at that and we have to say, you know what, this dog needs some water and we have to find ways to, to sort of entice them to drink. I, I use a, you know, for my dogs, I use a little uh, 20 ounce water bottle with a, with a little, uh, nipple, you know, the nipple caps and, you know, they don't always, I, I won't necessarily say they, they always drink a lot of that, but, you know, I start working with them when they're puppies to, to come in to me and let me just squirt their mouths, squirt some water in their mouth with that when we're out in the field. And it's really serving two purposes. It does get a little water down their mouth. Um, but more importantly, to me, it's it's removing that really sticky saliva out of their mouth, where the, because that's where their that's where their heat radiator is, right? They're di they're dissipating most of their heat through their mouth, and uh, and we have to get that you know that thick saliva acts like an insulator, and if we can remove that, then they can better better dissipate the heat. They cool down. They can continue to work longer. Um, but it is important for us to pay attention to their to their dehyd uh, to, to their hydration status um, because a lot of the dogs, like you're talking about your dog, um, you know they're they're out in the field and they simply it's like they don't remember they need to drink. They want to go continue to work. Um, you know, with that a rule of a rule of thumb that I use. Uh, it's and this is this is not to say this is a, a perfect system, uh, but from a minimum. A minimum intake standpoint, I like to make sure that a that a dog drinks at least three times the amount of water that it's the uh, compared to the food that it's eating on a daily basis. That's that's absolutely minimum. Uh, and as the 
temperature gets warmer or they're, they're working in a little more harsh environment, you know, that may go up to four times or, or more. Um, but it is important. Uh, and I'm going to say, particularly when we're, tra we're traveling, uh, you know, one of the, one of the little tricks you can, you know, just do is, you know, use a, use a clean gallon, you know, gallon milk jug or something, uh, particularly if you're only traveling with a dog or two, uh, and just sort of keep up with how much water is that dog drinking that day? Uh, you know, and this is, it's, you know, I'm going to say, especially when the dog is, we're, we're traveling with the dog every time we stop, you know, we should sort of, uh, offer that dog some, some water because we really don't know in terms of, uh, you know, a dog that maybe is not used to traveling yet. Um, you know, you put it in the truck, it's sitting back there panning. It's losing a lot of hydration status with just the panning. There's lots of water, water vapor coming with that, uh, with their breath and, uh, that it adds up. So, you know, continuing to, to encourage the dog to drink, um, you know, is, is an important thing. I know, you know, one of the things I worry about when I travel with my dogs is, you know, when they're, they're working off leash and out of sight, you know, what are they drinking? You know, yeah. you know, cause they, they tend, you know, dogs, dogs can be a little, uh, you know, they can be a little tricky at times you offer them a bowl of clean water and they, and they turn their nose up at it, but they, they come up on a, a, a puddle of standing water and it's like the best Crazy. thing, you know, it's like a kid in a candy store. Uh, but you know, with that, we, I try to, I try to minimize how much that goes on. And, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I always, I always try to have some water with me, uh, uh, for the dog. Uh, you know, most people, you know, most of our, most of us do a good job of, of, you know, packing a lunch for us or, or packing a water flask for us. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say as a responsible, responsible partner, you know, one of the things we should make sure is, is we've got everything our dog needs and then, then take care of ourselves. Uh, you know, Matt, I, I think, always try to have to have water for my dog. I agree. And I think that I've gotten a lot better in my training sessions when the dogs are with me of, I go back to these analogies of humanizing things is usually when you're out on a party and you're on a high and you're like, this is life and you're with your buddies. Usually the water consumption means what? the party's over. So I took that, like when I watered the dog after the workout, he's standing there looking at me like, the party's not over. I'm not ready to drink. <laughs> I want to go back out and retrieve right. 60 more bumpers. Right. So right. I've done what you've done with that squirt bottle in between retrieves is, is conditioning him or her of like, Hey, we're still, we're still partying, right. get some water in you so you can be hydrated and feel better during this party, you know, right. because, and, and I just try to keep, you know, like I always had this sense, like he thinks the party's over. Right. He's, he's depressed now because he's, he's going back in the kennel, his water bottles, his water bowl is full and he's He's like, I'm not ready for this. Right. So I just kind of think of it in that perspective of, of yeah. what you're saying of keeping him hydrated during the party. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of that, the, you know, I'm going to say the, the body's hydration, the dog's body hydration status is, it, it is involved in everything that that's going on with that dog. I mean, if we think about in terms of, of muscle contraction, you know, dehydrated decreases the amount of fluids available fluids in the muscle tissue so they can't contract as as hard they can't recover as quickly uh its thermal regulation is linked to its hydration status because of of the uh, need to to dissipate heat and they do it you know primarily through their through their mouths like, like i mentioned um in terms of all the metabolic processes that that's going on with them are all driven by a, a proper hydration status and as the dog as the dog starts to decrease uh, it's hydration status performance will, will go down. I think, uh, I'm sitting there, I'm drawing a blank in terms of who made the, who made the statement. There was a, a, uh, exercise physiologist in the past. And I'm, I have to apologize. The name, the name slips my mind at this point. Uh, but he made the, he made the observation that, you know, a dog can lose 50% of its fat and muscle tissue and recover, it loses 10% of its available fluids. And that, and we're looking at a dog that's, that's, uh, facing death. Wow. Now, in terms of that, I mean, that, that should, uh, 
you know, that should, that should grab everyone's attention when we start talking about, you know, only, only 10% 10%. of a, you know, and they can, it can happen. You know, it can happen quickly in terms of uh, particularly when we, when we've got dogs out and, and, you know, I'm going to say in terms of challenging environments. And the other thing that, uh, you know, we have to keep in mind, particularly for the, the group we're talking to, the, the people who are involved with duck hunting is humidity. The environmental humidity makes a huge difference as to how, how well dogs can dissipate this heat building up through their activities. Uh, you know, the higher, the higher humidity, the, the lower the dog's ability to dissipate the heat. Uh, you know, in terms of that, it, and especially if we're talking about hot and humid, uh, you know, in, in terms of that, what they, you know, what they're trying to p- put out in terms of getting rid of heat is a high moisture, uh, high moisture, hot breath. And, and if the, when the humidity's increased, um, the dog is breathing back in a higher moisture air and thus the, the, specific you know and i don't want to get into the the specific heat of water is 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 much higher than than uh, other other items so uh you know with that they it retains the heat so uh but that's you know i'm going to say those details aren't important but it is it is important to keep in mind that if we're you know if we're hunting uh one afternoon and it you know it's, it creeps on up into to 80 degrees and it's also you know 75 percent humidity that dog's gonna gonna be a, a needs to be monitored at a at a lot higher degree than if it's you know fifty degrees and fifty percent humidity uh, in terms of, of how much water we're we're getting in or uh, do we need to you know do we need to rest a dog just for a few minutes? Dogs are amazing in terms of their ability to recover, um, and sometimes we have to be smart enough to say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a seat here on this this rock and uh, bring the dog up here and let him lay down on it and, and just rest for a few minutes. And uh, then we'll, you know, 10, 10 minutes here or there, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to, to going. Uh, you know, we have to be smart in terms of, of doing that. Uh, and, you know, certainly from, you know, from our industry standpoint, uh, we want to make sure that we're providing a food that, you know, that's got everything that we know of, that that dog needs where uh, today, you know, its performance today will be its performance tomorrow, day in, day out. Because, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, I, you know, it, it still amazes me in terms of the ability of this species. Uh, you know, they are, they are amazing in what they can do. Uh, they truly are. And you just brought up a whole, you just introduced an entirely new element of duck hunters and reading the forecast. So now we have to take into consideration the humidity level and the weather on <laughs> for our dogs. And I think it's so awesome. I just think of all these elements that make it such a cool puzzle to put together. Let's end it like this. This has been awesome. Your knowledge is yep. so, so good for our listeners and viewers to hear. I truly appreciate your time. Um, a lot of the things that I've heard are when people the intimidation factor of the cost of a food is some, is some kind, a lot of times I would think, I would think that a lot of times it's the, the deterrent or the deciding factor in the purchase at, 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 at retail when they're in their pet store or they're in their, wherever they get their food for their dog. Um, when you break it down of how many meals is this 40 pound bags giving this dog and what are your expectations of this dog? Then you can start to look at it in, okay, well, if I'm only paying this much per meal and the dog is getting this advantage and benefit out of this food in this bowl today, it's not a hard decision. It's a, it's a, it's a no brainer. Now I understand finances and revenue and, and, and and the different means in life. I get that, but we're talking about a a, a life here. Um, and you know, other sacrifices that can be taken to make sure that that dog or cat or whatever pet you're, we're talking about sporting dogs today is taken care of to the highest of your ability and nutrition and diet is obviously probably the most important thing is as far as not letting him run into traffic, right? Diet is huge. Food choice is huge. Talk to me and end it with, yes, we are dealing with something that might have that shock factor at first, but if you break it down over the life of a dog and the amount of money that you are going to spend per meal, it is minuscule to the amount of money that we spend on our diets, our, re- our hydration, our extracurricular fun that we have. It's minuscule. Right. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm just going to say in terms of, you know, it'll be slightly different from, from, you know, every, 
you know, every individual in terms of, of, you know, what they've been feeding. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say if you identify a, a high quality food that, um, you know, that your, your dog does well on, um, and you look at it from a, a standpoint of, of, you know, I paid this much for, you know, this 40 pound bag. Um, and I get, you know, basically I've gone from, from having to buy a, a bag of food every 30 days for this, for this dog to 35 days. Uh, you know, you have to take that into consideration. How much are you feeding? Uh, you know, in terms of, of taking our, you know, taking our, our, our sporting formula, um, uh, compared to, you know, I'm not going to say who, but, you know, compared to, to others out there that are, are promoting that they've got a good food, you know, and, and, and you've been feeding, that's what you've been using. You feed, you know, five cups of, of food a day and you like the way your dog looks, well, you know what, to me, it's worth something to, to say, you know what, I'm now delivering more nutrients to my dog. My dog looks better, but now I'm only feeding four cups of food a day. That's an important, you know, that's an important health consideration because anytime we start talking about, uh, you know, how much, how much nutrients can, a, you know, a dog process or how much volume of food can they process? There are limits. And, uh, you know, you, I know, I know that you, you probably know people, but you know, it's, it's, there's still a lot of people out there that are, you know, trying to, you know, use a food where they're feeding their dog eight, 10 cups of food a day. And, uh, and they just, they're saying, well, you know, I just keep increasing the amount of food, but he just still, he's still not gaining any weight. Well, they can't process, you know, they can't process that volume of food. When you start, you know, you start talking about feeding them with a shovel, that's not a good thing. Uh, you know, that's not the, that's not the right tool <laughs> for delivering, uh, nutrition to a dog. And I, and I think in, in terms of that, I would, I would also just encourage, and I, I say this just about every time I talk to a group, um, you know, don't, don't hesitate to, to reach out and, and talk with the, the company uh, in terms of, of getting information from them about the food they're using. I mean, the, the companies that, uh, you know, I'm going to say the companies I know that do a good job, you know, they are happy to talk to their customers and provide them. Uh, you know, the information they need to, to be satisfied with their food. And, uh, you know, I, I think one of the great things about, you know, our, our product is, you know, in terms of uh, every, every bag that we sell because of the money back guarantee, if something's not right, you know, you don't like it, your dog doesn't like it. You know what? It didn't, it didn't cost you anything to try it uh, because all you have to do is call us and, uh, you know, basically let us know that you're not satisfied and, and that's taken care of. It didn't cost you anything to, to get there. And, you know, with that, there's a, I, I'm going to just say that you need to, you know, you need to develop a good relationship with your nutritional partner because it is an important part of your dog's long-term health. I, you know, I, I'm going to say, I've got a, I've got a 14 year old setter that I still, you know, I still hunt with, and now she can't, you know, she can't go like she did when she was two, but you know what? She's still pretty amazing. She's, you know, she's still, she's still hard charging for, you know, four or five hours out in the field. And, uh, you know, she didn't, she's not able to do that just because of, uh, that she's got good genetics. I'm sure that's part of it, but, uh, you know, she's lived, uh, she's lived a lifetime supported by, by good nutrition and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a point of pride for me to still be able to, to go out there and see her, you know, do her, you know, perform her tasks. She's, she's, uh, she's, she's got great instincts and, uh, she's got great drive and may not have the, uh, may not be done at the speed that she did when she was two, uh, but she's still going at 14 and awesome. uh, I have no hesitation about putting her in the truck and, and going hunting. <laughs> Rush, you're the man. I love the knowledge. Yep. I, I love uh, the fact that you took an hour and a little bit more out of your day to yep. educate us. I think uh, I think it's important, and I wanted to make sure that we touched on it because it is essential to the hunt. A dog yep. is everything yep. to the hunt, and the diet is essential to the dog. Eukanuba is. I, I can't. I can't tell you how 
way more than satisfied we are with it. You guys keep the research coming and I'm, I'm just excited for the innovation to see what happens next because the way they're performing right now, I mean, I guess we're just going to keep creating a better athlete and a better performer and a, uh, a, you know, a longer hunting career. So thank you and tell everybody at the plant. Thank you. We truly appreciate all the passion and hard work. Yeah, certainly, certainly been my, my pleasure, Chad. You take care. I appreciate stay you. Healthy, just, stay healthy. Stay healthy in this uh, crazy, crazy world of that we're in right now. And yeah, you stay healthy. Take care of your family. Stay home for right now. That's been another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by our friends at Yukonuba Performance Brand Dog Food. Check them out right now. You can see them all over the Foul Life. You can get validation through Brad Arrington at Mossy Pond. My boy Andrew up at the kennel they call wild acre in minnesota or you can listen to several podcasts that we've had here with those individuals plus more on the performance and the results they're getting from yukonuba we're proud to be part of the yukonuba family the yukonuba team if you need any more information like russ said reach out and you can find them dm us and we'll put you in touch with the right person tom hit that button this is 2am logic my foul life thank you all very much in my foul life